You know, this is a season of the year when we turn our hearts and minds toward Thanksgiving. And, and that's, a, that's a great thing. It's good that we, we just say as a nation we want to pause and remember our foundation and how our forefathers gathered that first Thanksgiving to thank God. And it reminds us in the midst of our hurriedness and busyness to just say, hey, I have so much to be thankful for. But as believers, we realize that Thanksgiving is not an annual occasion. We realize that Thanksgiving is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. As you uh, study the Word of God, the, the, the importance that God puts on Thanksgiving. Now, He does speak against murmuring and complaining, too. But his positive thing is, man, I just want you to have a thankful heart. I just want you to have a thankful heart. There are three verses uh, that just, just cover it. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I want you to listen to the words. They're on the screen. In everything. Now, underscore the word everything. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. Wow. <laughs> in Christ Jesus for you. And so whatever we're in, we're to thank him. For this is his will in Jesus Christ. Well, he not only tells us to give thanks in everything. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20, he tells us to give thanks for everything. It says, giving thanks always for all things. Wow. <laughs> giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you noticed that every time he talks about thanksgiving, he says, in the name of Jesus. Well, then there's one other verse. We're to be thankful in all things in Christ Jesus. We're to be thankful for all things in Christ Jesus. But you know we're to pray with thanksgiving. That a part of our prayer life is not just listening to God and not just making our requests known to him, but it's thanking him. It says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, get this, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, I, I love that song. We don't sing it enough. It's called Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one. This morning, I want to change the word of that to confess your blessings. Name them one by one. Have y'all got that song, Count Your Blessings? Can you put that on the screen? You know, how many of y'all ever sung that song before? If you hadn't, you had never been to church at Thanksgiving. <laughs> let, let, let's, I want you to look at the words. We're going to sing the two verses and then the chorus each time. I, I want you to look at the, uh, the content of it. All right, let's sing it. And I'm, I'm not going to 
you don't try to follow my pitch. You find some place in which to join in. Okay, ready? When upon life's are tempest-tossed, do you are discouraged thinking all is lost? Count your many blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Notice this chorus. Sing it. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. And you will be singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Amen. Instead of counting our blessings, this morning I want us to confess our blessings. And there's a great verse that we're going to use as the basis of confessing our blessings. It's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And this is such a tremendous verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Now, you, you, you notice it says God has blessed you and me as believers with every spiritual. And what, by the way, I'm thankful for physical blessings, the food we eat, the clothes we wear, the homes we live in, cars we drive, the jobs we work at, our family, our friends. Man, I, I'm thankful, and you are for material blessings. But you know, they all are temporary. They all pass away. They will all perish, except our relationships with our loved ones who are saved. But our spiritual blessings are eternal. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, I, I, what I want us to do today is to confess five of those awesome spiritual blessings that God has blessed us with in Jesus Christ in heavenly places. I want us to confess them. And we're just confessing, saying, Lord, thank you for this blessing that is mine in Jesus Christ. Now, before I get into the five things, this is what I want us to realize. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Get this, in Christ Jesus. All spiritual blessings flow from our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
I mean, every spiritual blessing that is ours is found in our personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it's found. In fact, the Bible says that our blessings come from the fact that Christ is our life. You know, when I first got saved, you know, I, I, I was thankful uh, for, for, the, for, for, uh, for, for Jesus in here in the Bible. I was thankful for that. And, and I was thankful for uh, Jesus Christ uh, back there, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross from our sins, for our sins. God raised him from the dead. Man, I was thankful for Jesus, the historical Jesus. And then the fact that the risen Christ ascended into heaven and is at the right hand of the Father. Well, he has all power in heaven and on earth. Man, thankful for Jesus back there and in here and for Jesus back there and for Jesus up there interceding for us. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. I am thankful for Jesus in here. It is Christ in us. It is his life in us that is the source of every spiritual blessing. I'm so glad it's not me down here fighting these battles and struggling in my own. I'm so thankful that the Son of God lives inside of me and the Son of God lives inside of you if you're a child of God. No wonder Paul said in Colossians 1.27, you know, he was the apostle to the Gentiles, but I want you to notice he said, God's revealed the mystery to the Gentiles. Um, a mystery in the Bible was a spiritual truth that had not been understood. But look at the verse. But God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He said, I want the Gentiles to know that that same Jesus that walked the shores of the Sea of Galilee and opened blind eyes and healed the lame legs, that same Jesus It's that Christ descended at the right hand of the Father who has now come to live in us by the Holy Spirit. It is Christ in you that is the hope of glory. It changes your Christian life. It changes your understanding of your daily walk when you understand that Jesus Christ lives in me, in my spirit, by his Holy Spirit. You know, I love what it says in Colossians 2. Verse 6 and 7, listen to what it says. As you therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And it goes on in verse 27. Being rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, have, with thanksgiving. And then, uh, that's Colossians 2, 6 and 7, right? But then this is the one I want you to see, too. There's a verse missing there, but I'll get it on in a minute. But the main thing, it, it, uh, it, on down, it says uh, about Christ living in, oh, I know what it is. It's verse 8. I think it is. It says, uh, all right, go on, uh, go on down to verse 10. I'm going to get this verse. You've got to see this. We'll get there. I mean, just be patient. Go to verse 10. Well, I, I tell you, if you can't find verse 10, I'll tell you what it is. It says in Colossians 2, it says, Don't let anybody cheat you. Don't let anybody take you away from Jesus. Don't let anybody spoil you. Don't chase philosophies. Don't chase the latest fad. Don't chase the latest new quote, unquote, teaching or doctrine. He said, don't do that. 
Don't you be moved away from Christ. And here is the verse I wanted you to see. For you, for it says in, in, in verse 9 or something, in him, Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Thank God we got to that verse. <laughs> That's one of the most important verses in the Bible. It says, don't let anybody say it's Jesus plus this or Jesus plus that, that Jesus isn't enough. That's baloney, my friend. It's baloney. Let me tell you something. In Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. Heresies, when they try to add something to Jesus, like he's not enough. I want to tell you right now, he is enough. He is sufficient. And then... We get on over to Colossians 3, 3, and 4. I know this is right. It says, okay, for you died. They're talking about when Jesus died on the cross, we died with him. If Jesus had just died for your sins, he would have just died for the symptoms because you have a sinful nature and I have a sinful nature. But the power of that sinful nature was broken on the cross So when it says, for you died with him, it means that on the cross, Jesus took our nature in Adam and put it to death. They broke the power of the flesh. For you died and your life, now get this, is hidden with Christ in God. And then it says in the next verse, when Christ, who is our life? Not will be, not shall be. But when Christ, who is our life, right now appears, you shall appear with him in glory. You see, every spiritual blessing, are you listening, is because Jesus Christ lives in us. And we have a personal, intimate relationship with him. He's come to live inside of us in the person of the Holy Spirit. How can you, how can you miss this verse about Christ living in us? Galatians 2.20. Man, you can't say it enough. We've got a song that we sing about it. It's, I am crucified with Christ. I died with him. When he died, I died. You died, you know, positionally. When you're saved, you take place in his death. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but now listen to this, but Christ lives in me. Say that with me. Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Understand, the Christian life is Jesus Christ living his life in you. It is Jesus Christ living his life through you. And every spiritual blessing is found in our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't exalt him enough, glorify him enough, and praise him enough. There's one other verse. And I hadn't even got to my main point yet. But get this. Listen to 1 Corinthians 1.30. Talking about Jesus is our life. For it says in 1.30 it says. But of him are you in Christ Jesus. Who became for us wisdom from God. And righteousness. And sanctification. And redemption. He said Jesus Christ is to you God's wisdom. God's righteousness, God's sanctification, and God's redemption. 
So please understand that all of our spiritual blessings are in the person of Jesus Christ. And you know, I just want to say today, this morning, Father, I thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't we confess that? Say it with me. Father, I thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, that's a great thing to be, great person to be thankful for. Now, here are the five spiritual blessings that I want us to confess this morning. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, why do people preach about things other than Jesus? They get in there, you know, and, 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 and I believe that we need to teach each other how, we need to teach the things about the Bible of how to be a, a better husband and how to be a better wife, and we need to teach people how to deal with temptation and all. Listen, there's so much of the Word of God that is so important that we ought to teach, but I'm telling you, we can teach all of that, but they've got to understand it all begins with Jesus because somebody asked me, Brother Fred, is a Christian life difficult? I said, no, it's impossible. The only person that ever lived the Christian life is Jesus. But praise God, he can live his life through us. That makes me want to say amen. Anyway, <laughs> these five things. Now, the first one, it's going to kind of, it's, it's different, but I want you to listen to it. Now, this is a spiritual blessing. It says, Christ loved us when we were lost, sinners by nature and by choice, without God and without hope. Enemies of God and helpless to help ourselves. Now, don't you know what a blessing this is? Listen to me. Christ loved us when we were lost. Sinners by nature and by choice. Without God and without hope. Enemies of God and were helpless to help ourselves. But he loved us. Now, let me give you three verses that make this so clear. In Romans 5, verse 6, look at what it says. Now, this is a blessing. For when you were without, for when you were still without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. You know what that verse says? You were weak. You were helpless. You couldn't save yourself. You couldn't deliver yourself. You couldn't forgive yourself. So when you were yet without strength, wow, Jesus didn't say, straighten up and I'll help you. <laughs> Get better and I'll help you. Get your life in order and I'll help you. He looked at you and said, man, you are weak. You are without strength. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I'm going to die for you even in your weakness. And then the next verse, it says, when we were weak and without strength, Christ died for us. And then the next verse in 5.8. Now get this. See, he loved us when we were lost. Sinners by nature and by choice. Without hope and without God. And without strength. It says, but God demonstrates his love toward us. And that while we were still what? sinners Christ died for us now the devil says now if you'll just improve if you'll just get better 
if you'll just quit doing this and quit doing that and try to do this and try to do that, God, God will accept you and you, you might be forgiven. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. It says, Jesus showed how much he loved us that while we were still sinners, he died for us. I don't know where I heard this statement, but I've never forgotten it. Jesus did not see you at your best and die for you. Jesus saw you at the worst sinful place in your life and still went to the cross and died for you. But God demonstrates his love toward us and that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, you never know how God's going to take just a statement to turn a man around. I made that statement on Wednesday night at Cottage Hill Baptist Church about 25, 30 years ago. And there was a man that I knew well. He sang in the choir. Never missed a service. He loved God. He loved Jesus. But he had lived a very, very wicked life. And we all live wicked lives before he got saved. But when I made the statement, Jesus saw you at your worst and still died for you. He said to me the next Sunday, he said, you know, Brother Fred, even though I've been saved, I've been living with guilt. I've been living with shame. And I just couldn't really believe that Jesus could die for that sin. But he said, I want you to know now that I'm free. I'm free because Jesus saw me at my worst and still went to the cross and died for me. You see, And then there's one other verse. I'm saying to you, here's a great blessing. Christ loved us when we were lost, sinners by nature and by choice, without God and without hope, enemies of God and helpless to help ourselves. Look at verse 10. I mean, you say, I don't like this. I've never been an enemy of God. Well, when we lived our own lives, when we were selfish and when we were sinful and when we were going our own way and when we loved the world, all I can say is the Bible says that we were enemies of God. It says that. And so listen to what it says. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Enemies reconciled to God. By the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we will be saved by his life. So the first blessing that we need to thankful, be thankful for and confess is this. Jesus, I want to thank you that when I was lost, a sinner by nature and by choice, separated without God and without hope, separated by my sin, that Jesus, you loved me in the middle of that. And I think way to shorten that up is this. Just We can just thank Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you so much when I was without strength and a sinner by nature and by choice and your enemy, you loved me. Now I think I can remember that. <laughs> Let's see if we can say that. Jesus, say it with me. Jesus, I want to thank you That when I was lost, a sinner by nature and by choice, without God and without hope, that you loved me and you died for me. All I got to say is glory to God. Amen. All right, here's the second one. Not only 
Is that the first spiritual blessing I thank God for? But I love this. Man, do you realize that Jesus Christ willingly and voluntarily died on the cross in our place? I want to underscore that. He willingly and voluntarily died on the cross in our place, paying the full price for our sin, past, present, and future. Now, I'm saying that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's done it. And that is that Jesus willingly and voluntarily died on the cross in our place, paying the full price for our sins, past, present, and future. That's the gospel. All right, look at John 10, 17 and 18. Jesus willingly, look what it says. Therefore, the Father loves me because I laid down my life that I may take it again. And then he goes on in the next verse says, no one takes my life from me. Nobody takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to retake it again. This commandment I received from my father. He said, listen, the Roman soldiers, they could have never nailed me to the cross unless I had willingly and voluntarily gone. Oh, no. It was the Father's will. I settled that in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing it was the Father's will. I surrendered to the Father's will. And then I said, rise, let's go. My time has come. And I went willingly and voluntarily, laid down my life. I had the power to lay it down. He was sinless. And I have the power to take it again. And so you need to understand that Jesus was not a helpless victim. Oh, no. With the strength of the Son of God and the Son of Man, he said, I'm going to the cross for you and for me. And he did it willingly and voluntarily. And you know he paid the full price for our sins. There are words that we hear over and over again that uh, we, we just need to go back and remember what they say. And it's the word redeemed. It is the word redeemed. And over in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, you know, you know, remember I'm saying that Jesus willingly and voluntarily went to the cross and paid the full price for our sins, past, present, and future. Now, this word redeemed, you know what it means? It means to buy back. It means to pay the price for. It means to purchase. Look it up, the word redeemed, to purchase, to reclaim. It says knowing that we were redeemed, not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, from the aimless, sinful conduct received by tradition from our fathers. But we were redeemed, get this, with the precious blood of Christ. That's pretty costly. We were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot and blemish. What did it Jesus, what did it cost Jesus to pay the full price for your sin, past, present, and future? His life, his precious blood. The life is in the blood. 
Why do you have life now? Because the blood is going through your circulatory system, carrying oxygen and everything that you need to stay alive. And you've got to know, you talk about a spiritual blessing that on the cross, Jesus, by his shed blood, paid the full price for our sin, past, present, and future. I love 1 Peter 2, 24. Listen to this. It says, who himself, now get this, bore our sins in his own body on the cross. Wow. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, having died to sins that we might live to righteousness, for by his stripes we are healed. Then the great passage about Jesus paying willingly and voluntarily going to the cross and paying the full price for our sin. Hebrews 10, 11 and 12. Listen to what it says. Every priest stands daily ministering repeatedly the same sacrifices which could never take away sin. So every day they'd bring their goats, their calves, and they'd come to the brazen altar and they would offer another sacrifice or their doves and they'd offer another sacrifice and shed more blood and offer another sacrifice. And it happened every day, every day, every day, every day. The priest never sat down because there was always sin to be covered, always sin to be covered. But this man, Jesus, the great high priest, after he offered one sacrifice for sin. You know, we don't sacrifice lambs anymore. We don't sacrifice goats anymore. We don't bring pigeons and offer them up. No, we don't do those things. No. Why? Because the sacrifice has been made. One sacrifice that did it all. This man, after he offered one sacrifice for sin forever, what did he do? Sit down. You can't sit down till you're finished. When I get through, I'm going to sit down. But you can't sit down till you're finished. You know, I, I'm, you're talking about blessed. My heavens. It says in verse 14, by one offering, he is perfected forever. Those that are being sanctified. Let me tell you something. You're talking about thanksgiving. You thank God for all of our material blessings. I am so grateful for our nation that had a good foundation. But man, to think that Jesus Christ redeemed us and paid the full price for our sin and our sins past, present, and future can be forgiven forever by the Son of God. We need to confess that best blessing. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you willingly and voluntarily went to the cross. You paid the full price for my sin, past, present, and future. Thank you for your precious blood. Man, that's Thanksgiving. All right, here's the third thing. I only got five. I'm going to get through early today. That's good. But every one of them, you can spend the rest of your life on. Number one, Christ loved us when we were lost sinners by nature and by choice, without God, without hope, and, and could not help ourselves. Jesus willingly and voluntarily died on the cross in our place, paying the full price for our sins, past, present, and future. Hallelujah. Number three, Jesus lives to save us and to live his life in us. 
I want you to know Jesus is alive. He's alive. Jesus is alive and Jesus is Lord. Romans 1, 4, look at it. It says here, declared to be the Son of God with power by his resurrection from the dead. You know, I'm telling you, the religions of the world are based on works. Works, 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 works. And their, quote, messiahs and their leaders said, do this, do that, do this, do that. And if you don't do this, God will kill you. If you do do that, you, you still don't got any hope. But I'm going to tell you what the glorious thing is. I, uh, we know where Muhammad's buried, and we know where Buddha's buried, and we know where Confucius, I don't know what he was. He, we know where he's buried, and we know where all the Hindu gods are buried. They just, they never existed, so you can't bury them. But I'll tell you where I know Jesus is. He's in no grave. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He arose the victor from the dark domain. And he lives forever with his saints to reign. Hallelujah. And Jesus lives to live his life in us. That's why people are so afraid of the gospel. Why they're so afraid of the name of Jesus. That's why they try to snuff out the Bible in in a nation try to stuff out the gospel because those other religions are all based on fear. But the gospel of Christ is based on the power of God and the power of the gospel. And nothing can stand before it when it's proclaimed in the power of the Spirit of God. You know, it says in Romans 5.10, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, Listen to this now. Much more being reconciled will be saved by his life. Don't miss that last verse, part of that verse. We will be saved by his life. It is his life in us that applies all the work of the cross to us. Romans 10, 9 and 10. You know, Jesus made the gospel. God the Father made the gospel simple. So he didn't want anybody to miss it. Paul said, beware of those who corrupt the gospel. Beware of those who complicate the gospel. Because why did God make salvation so simple? Because he didn't want anybody to miss it. It's for every person. So what's hard to understand about this? In Romans 10, 9 and 10, Jesus lives to save us. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Now, what's hard about that? It doesn't say if you climb a mountain. It doesn't say if you get baptized four times. It doesn't say if you speak in tongues. It didn't say this. It didn't say that. It just said this. Of course, this involves repentance, as I'll say in a moment. But if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That is not hard to understand. And that's the promise of God. Man, thank God that Jesus lives to save us, live his life in us. You know, there's a verse that I used to use a lot more earlier when I first started preaching. But it's John 1 verses 11 through 13. 
and there's a, there's a picture in here that, of receiving salvation. It says in John 1, 11, he came unto his own, the Jews, and they did not receive him. But look what it says in the next verse. To as many as received him. Okay, here's Jesus. Paid the full price for your sin, past, present, and future. Lives to save you, to forgive you, and to come and live in you. It says, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the children of God, even to those who believe on his name. Hey, you say, Brother Fred, Jesus lives to save us and to live his life in us. Acts 20, 20 and 21, Paul said, let me tell you what I preached to you. I want you to listen to this. Repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ. He said, I taught you publicly from house to house in verse 20. I testifying to Greeks and, and Jews, repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ. What's hard to understand about that? Salvation is repentance toward God. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Sweetest words you could say before you're saved. The most precious words you could say before you're saved. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then, Lord Jesus, you paid the full price for my sin, past, present, and future. And you live to live in me. And you live to forgive me. And you live to change me. By your power. Repent. I'm not going to keep. It means to turn around. That's what it means. It means to change directions. Repent. I'm walking down this street and I'm going to the left and my left and I'm and I repent and I turn around and now I'm going the other way to my right. Hey, repentance means to a change of direction, to turn around. It means to turn away from your sin and to turn to Jesus. You say, I've never turned away from my sin. You need to be saved. You've never repented. You said, I confessed them, but you've never forsaken them. You can confess your sins till you run out of breath. But confession is the beginning. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. But I repent. I don't want to live that way anymore. I know it's a sin against you. Somehow the Spirit of God shows you that sin is against God. And you repent of your sin and you, by the grace of God, turn from them. And you turn to Jesus. And you don't live the same way you used to live. You live a different life. It's called repentance toward God, faith in Jesus Christ. You know, so the confession there, thank you, Jesus, that you live to save us and you live to live your life in us. Say that with me. Thank you, Jesus, that you live to save us and live to live your life in us. Number four, in Christ we have an abundant life. We have an abundant life now. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to have abundant life. That, the greatest life in the world is the Christian life. The happiest life in the world is the Christian life. The most joyful life in the world. You say, but wait a minute, Brother Fred. Christians aren't always happy. I know that. When good things happen, you're happy. When bad things happen, you're unhappy, right? Happiness depends on what happens. But you still can be happy when good things happen. You know, I got to thinking. In Christ, we have abundant life. John 10, 10. 
I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Let, let me tell you about four things about abundant life. Number one, it is joyful. Listen to what Jesus said. Now listen, all blessings are in Jesus. In John 15, 11, listen to what he said. These things have I spoken to, to you, get this, that my joy, now wait a minute, these things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Joy is inner strength. It is inner strength. It may be tossing waves on the top, but deep beneath the waves there is within you an inner strength that comes from the joy that comes from Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you joy, he said, my joy I'm giving to you so your joy may be full. Inner strength in the face of whatever you face. You know, you never forget those little jingles that you, no, they're not jingles, little courses that you learned when you were growing up. I got the joy, 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 joy. Y'all remember that? Let's sing it. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I have the joy of Jesus in my heart, down in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I have the joy of Jesus in my heart. I was going around the house singing it this morning, and Ann said, please stop. I said, I might sing that in church. At church, she said, don't. I didn't sound too good early this morning. It's hard to get your voice warmed up. Hey, abundant life, joy, abundant life, peace. John 14, 27, look at what it says. Peace I leave with you. Come on, Jesus, you're giving us your joy, and then you say, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world give I give unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled, and don't let it be afraid. He said, man, I'm giving you my joy in me and my peace. He gives us purpose. You know what our purpose is? To be conformed to his image, but you know what our purpose is? Is to be a servant just like Jesus is. In Matthew 23, 11, look at what Jesus said. You want purpose? You want something to get up in the morning? He that would be greatest among you, let him become your servant. You know, the joy of the Christian life is you don't lord it over other people. You have the heart of Jesus, and you're a servant. A servant, man. I never will forget. In John chapter 13, verses 13 through 15, it was after supper. He said, you, he'd wash their feet. He said, you call me teacher and Lord. You say, well, for I am. And look what he said. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. You say, we don't, I've given you an example <laughs> that as I have done to you, so you should do to others. You know, you, you know when you wash people's feet? When you love them, when you listen to them, when you care about them, and when you just don't love in word or in tongue, but you love in deed and in truth. That love is seen. You're not in word only, but it's in action. 
Oh, listen, let me tell you, we got a purpose, a purpose. And that purpose is to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. An abundant life means that you're righteous. You have the righteousness of Christ. He made him to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If you're saved, God doesn't see you in your righteousness. God sees you in the righteousness of Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 5, 17, we've received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And by the way, talking about the blessings of abundant life, we're secure. You know, so many people are insecure. And I know what insecurity is. That's tough. But I tell you where we are secure, in Christ. He says in, 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 um, in, in the book of John, verse 27 through 29, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Did you hear that? My sheep hear my voice. Jesus said, I know you and you follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. And no one is able to take them out of my hand. Now, that's pretty secure. You mean ISIS can't take me out of the hands of Jesus? You mean the enemy cannot take me? He says, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone take them out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no one can take them out of my Father's hand. Praise God. The confession is, in Christ, we have an abundant life. Say it with me. Thank you, Jesus, that in you we have an abundant life, joy, peace, purpose, righteousness, and security. Well, here's number five. See, I'm th- we're thanking God for our spiritual blessings. Now, I'm going to thank him for the food I eat, clothes I wear, the house I live in, for family and for friends. You just don't take them for granted, person, don't. You know what a friend is, don't you? A friend is a person that comes walking in when everybody else is walking out. Oh, yeah. You have a lot of friends on the way up, but you find out you're real friends when you're on the way down. And Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You know, Jesus Christ conquered death, and in him we have eternal life. Now, you talk about a spiritual blessing. Larry Smith, whom we, well, Rick Rosenthal, whom we love so much, we had his celebration Thursday, and it was a glorious celebration of his life. He's with Jesus today. And then Larry passed away about 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon, something like that. And we were gathered around his bed. His body was still there. And it was kind of, it was just laying there. But something had left, his spirit. His spirit had departed. The house he lived in was still laying there. But the house was vacant because the spirit that was created by God, for God, had left and gone to be with God. You see, just two or three hours before, he may have acknowledged that somebody was in the room. He may have somehow made some kind of sound. No, no, no. He still, there, there was the house, but it was empty. And the Spirit had gone back to the God, the only God who created it. But you know, 
sad because a loved one is gone, but rejoicing because Jesus conquered death. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And he conquered death. And that's why he said to Mary, to Martha, when Lazarus had died, he said, your brother's going to rise again. She said, I know he will in the resurrection. <laughs> and then Jesus said to her, I, 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 I am the resurrection and the life. He that lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And he that lives and believes in me that dies will live again. Hey, let me tell you something. You talk about a spiritual blessing. Death has no claim on a child of God. It's just an Hey, the grave is an open door into a glorious eternity. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What a blessing. I'm a lot closer to dying than I was when I was 34. Sometimes I feel like I'm almost there. And you do too. But this is just the house I live in, my soul. Well, why do you buy all those clothes to put on it. That's what they tell you to do. I mean, it's just a house we live in. It's a house we live in. And I'm thankful for our house. But the Bible says if this earthly house is destroyed, we have a building, a house not made with God, with hands eternal in the heavens. And the Bible says this corruptible body is going to put on incorruption. And this mortal body is going to put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass that is saying, death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. You say, you're excited. I am not. I want to tell you something right now. Death has no fear in me because Jesus conquered death. And I know, and you know that in Christ, all we do is vacate this body and go to a glorious and heavenly body in heaven. And Jesus is alive and he is the resurrection and the life. You know, uh, he's going to prepare a place for us called heaven and if I go and if I go away I'll go and prepare a place for you and I will come again and receive you unto myself that where you I am there you may also man I'm thankful that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and that in him we have eternal life would you say that with me I am thankful that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and in him we have eternal life. I was talking to one of our f- members whose father passed away at 97 just this past week. I said, had he been sick? No. In fact, he had planned to work in the yard the next day. Now, come on. 97? Going to work in the yard the next day? So he was healthy. He went to sleep. And while he was asleep, he went home. That's exactly the way I want to go, Lord. <laughs> that is my choice. I don't mind dying. I just don't want to suffer. We don't have that call. Sometimes God is glorified the way we respond in suffering. He always is if we respond positive. But then other times God just, they just go. But it doesn't matter. You vacate this earthly house and you go to the new home that God has for us. Listen to the verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every 
spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise his holy name.